Cards on the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Hey, it's Chase from On the Table Gaming, and it's episode 48 of the On the Table podcast. You may have noticed that we didn't record last week. I was actually sick, and uh, it made it really difficult for me to talk for a long time on <laughs> on a podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, but uh, you know, I just want to give a, a shout out to all my Patreons and supporters, everyone really the song of ice empire community for sticking with it i know it stinks when content seems to slow down and knock it out there i am a teacher and so september is always an exciting re-entry into the world and before we have our guest on i just want to talk a little about what's going on with the song of ice and fire cc.com and on the table gaming uh we do have the tracker that we've been testing out in sort of the beta phases and we're really at the stage where we're looking for things that are not working as we wanted to and then we've got to make it look look pretty right and uh, at on the table gaming we like things that look nice and so we're polishing things up and uh, thank you to the people who are helping us test it that's probably going to be testing for a little bit more uh because we really need to stress test and find out you know we don't have any bugs when people are using it in the general community the second thing is the website we have six guest writers who have written a series of articles for the different factions so we're really in a strong place and we've been sitting on them and we're waiting till october to start pushing those out So if you noticed in September, the month of September, we had very few articles come out. We are going to have a great flood of content coming out for everyone. So thank you again for being patient. And it got me thinking last last week when I was sick. It really kind of stinks not being able to record. It was really frustrating. Uh, I'm excited to have the lead game developer, Fabio Curry, on, and I'll introduce him in just a second. But we will get to talking about some of the new releases We've been really having some fun seeing the community response, and we've been banding around this idea of, you know, can you start making some some shootier lists with the Night's Watch Builder Crossbowmen? They are pretty, pretty, pretty good. That and the Stone Builder Thrower, the Scorpion Thrower. I mean, we are trying to see, is there a way we can make kind of a more shooty list? Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be amazing, but maybe that's a future topic of discussion. And if you have a list that you've been having work for you, shoot them to us, let us know, so we can maybe get a jump start on testing them out and seeing, is there a viable way to make this work? But without further ado, we're going to have Come On Games' very own lead game developer, Fabio Curion. So, uh, Fabio, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you, Chase. It's always a pleasure. Oh, man. So uh, these are exciting times. Uh, just the other day, uh, Michael released another kind of like kind of teaser update for version 1.5 and and he's come on the podcast to talk about it here and he's been talking about it on song chat and he's mentioned maybe core gameplay mechanics and and uh unit updates for the starks lannisters and neutral faction maybe others it wasn't really clear like if that was all getting bundled together and then you know all of this he said might come out december january or whenever ready so this is there's a lot of there's a lot of hype getting built up here as the lead game developer, how much extra pressure does this put on you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've been very busy and we've been discussing a lot of things, but I guess we're building up this hype on things that we've mostly already done, right? We're, we're at our final moments now, I'd say. And this has been a long time coming, right? Yeah, exactly. A while. Yeah, we we kind of have like uh, a pipeline of things that we we think should be done uh, as the game matures, and and a list of ideas. So, yeah, the, these are long processes, right? And it's we're really excited to see what happens. I think some people might uh, get 
initially shocked like with one thing or another but honestly once you you get a few games in you'll see like the, how these little differences really make the game better so i, I and one of the things that um is really interesting about it is because it's it's being hinted at but it's it's not really i mean there was change hints that like certain units are going to get buffed and certain units may get not nerfed i think michael's pretty explicit in saying that like it really doesn't believe in like lowering the power of units as much as like kind of bringing up the base floor making everything viable but you know he keeps hinting at these sort of sweeping changes um and you know i know some people are super excited uh everything you guys have been putting out is awesome but there are some too that are also nervous a little bit do you feel like any of the changes you're and i don't know if you can speak to this but do you feel like any of the changes you are making make the game uh, more complicated or are going to like slow down gameplay or kind of change any of the core elements of the game that people maybe really already like? Um, I think that whatever we, we try to do, we try to make it so people like it even more. So I hope that that's how people will feel. There's nothing but, that's like, oh, um, we added like an extra phase to every turn that like adds another 10 minutes to gameplay or you know, when you say core yeah. gameplay mechanics, you know, moving miniatures on the battlefield, having a tactics board, using the tactics cards, that all stays the uh, same, right? Like, how big of a core gameplay mechanic do we mean when we say that something is getting changed? No, like, most of it, like, mo almost all of it are uh, minor adjustments, right? To make okay. things uh, less complicated mm -hmm. and to flow better. Not, not in the sense that we'll remove stuff, but... We'll try to streamline things a lot, right? That's that's something that I think can always be done after the game's been out for a while. We we can look back and see things that might have worked uh, during our playtests, but now that they're out in the open, you know, things get very wild, and mm -hmm. there's a lot to learn from that, right? And I think we've finally collected enough data. And when I say this, I mean like a while ago, right? Um, right. To make uh, enough changes. I don't think anything's going to get harder, right? That, that's not the point at all. And if there are any core mechanic changes, they, they'll they be few and wide between. So I think one of the things, Fabio, that's really interesting is, you know, people will message me, and, and I don't work for Come On Games, but they'll ask me, like, hey, do you know if, like, this unit is going to get nerfed. Like, I'm, I'm a Stark player. I always seem to be losing against my Lannister opponent. I hope they get nerfed in the 1.5 updates. But I, I think this unit is so good, and I just want to buy a bunch of these, but I'm afraid if I buy them, maybe they're going to get changed in the updates. You know, what, what do you think about people that maybe are expressing fears or thoughts like that? All right, so I'd say that um, things that we feel might be a tad strong will we'll hardly ever do... Um, I don't like the word nerf, but like we'll hardly ever do a hard nerf, right? Mm -hmm. um, the idea is we might uh, rework them a little bit, but they'll still feel like they should be playing the same. Like their the unit's position won't change, right? It, it will mm -hmm. still be like uh, if it's a reliable grindy unit, it's still going to be a reliable grindy unit. Okay. So no one's going to lose their like unit identity, where it's like. Guess what? This thing used to do this, and now it does like something to the completely opposite. Yeah, exactly. That will never happen. And I think that most of our the things are already pretty well balanced. Mm -hmm. And these little things that people talk about, I think 
it usually is talking about this like high level meta and that I think right. most people haven't even reached and like including myself, right? And <laughs> no, we can We're always learn more. To develop, yeah, and it's like, and then it's like you have to have these the local metas meet on like a much larger scale to see like what meta actually trumps all of that, right? It, exactly. So like nothing is completely out of line. And sometimes when people express their concerns, and I agree with them, of course, like you, you don't want to stop using your favorite pieces. And that's exactly the point. We don't want people to stop using their favorite pieces. I think that everything we do is for the best. But everything for the for everything for the best, as in the best for sales of units, the best of balance or oh no i mean for game balance and player interaction right mm -hmm. like i'm the developer that's my job M my job is not to sell miniatures right and that's that's not how we think in in the creative department i think that's that's i think that's good to hear and I, like i said i i think i'm speaking to maybe a certain part of the base the player base that is nervous about change um, and I think there are a lot of players that, you know, come from other backgrounds, board gaming, especially. I think most war gamers recognize that to have any sort of war game in which it is at all balanced, things need to be adjusted, uh, sometimes just here and there. But if there's no change, if you're like, hey, this is the game that hasn't changed in 30 years. If it's a tabletop war game, that probably isn't a good sign. But at the same time, if you're listening and you are someone that has these concerns, you know. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and those of you that have messaged me, thank you for voicing those concerns, and I'm excited to pass them on to Fabio here. But So it sounds like what you're saying is that you think most of these changes are minor changes, and there may be some, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but they're, they're changes that are for the balance of the game that make the game overall better. Uh, yeah, I would also like to add a disclaimer to my okay. previous yep. answer. So I believe that if we make a great game, people will buy more. It's mm -hmm. like... Oh yeah. Of course I'm involved in I want the game to excel and sell well and I and I think that if we make a great game, the game will sell more. I don't believe that buffing a unit for sales is gonna work and no one's ever asked me that. And I don't think that's how the company thinks as a whole. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, although I cannot speak for the company, that this is my opinion. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for addressing that. No, no, that's good. Uh, and uh, you know, I think I would also throw out there to people that are listening to the podcast: if you have questions like this and you want me to kind of bank them so that I can ask, you know, someone like Fabio or even maybe Michael Chanel down the line, feel free to message me. I feel like maybe a lot of times I get people messaging me that are on the extremes, and uh, you know, I would welcome a wider range of voices. But but yeah, thank you for kind of speaking to that. I also believe that change like you said, like is, is a good sign. And it means that we're concerned. And also making lots of changes at once is never good because it takes more time for people to adapt. So we do try to uh, trickle them out, right? Right. And, and 1.5 might be the largest amount of changes altogether that we've done, but it's still inside our trickling process if i can say that so i don't think people can get really uh should get really nervous at all they should get excited and this is something that you guys have been working on for a long time now and you're kind of just collecting some of these to release out in one bundle right yeah exactly right? Uh, and the cool thing is like a lot of these changes that can come out can be pushed out through the app so if units get updates or changes on the official war council app 
those will all just get pushed out there live. I'm assuming all at once in one sort of update patch and people can access that for every faction. Yeah, exactly. And we'll always have patch notes as well. Mm -hmm. um, ex like uh, explaining what changed from one version to another. And I guess like uh, Michael hinted at this in his last podcast episode. Um, although I don't know when this is going to be out. So, but uh, yeah, the one that he said play. about 1.5. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, we're going to explain some of these changes, right? So people will understand our, our thought process. And even if they don't agree, at least they won't be just left like empty handed, just like here, take these changes and deal with it. I mean, that's been great. I'm really going to look, I'm looking forward to hearing what the changes are, but also what your views are on why these changes were made. I know you're working with a more complete game. Not that this isn't a complete game, but that you're working with units that we don't also have yet. And so that maybe some of these changes will be synergizing or working alongside future unit releases. But I think hearing some developer feedback or uh, designer feedback uh, on, you know, the backing, the, the decisions behind some of the changes will be really, really interesting. Once, once this like manifesto comes out, I don't know. I just got that word from Path of Exile. <laughs> <laughs> that will help explain things. So once again, once the changes do come out, I don't think people will just be like left hanging. They'll have explanations and we could obviously uh, come back and have another chat, right? That would be great. And speaking about the app, uh, I know that was something that you were really uh, invested in, and it's something that's grown tremendously since the the app first launched. I remember I did like a YouTube video on like the War Council app, and now I'm looking at it, and it's like vastly improved, having the game modes and the scenery. Uh, sorry, the game modes and the uh, the rule book all attached as PDFs. You know, how are you feeling about the current? the current iteration of the War Council app and, and other things that you are really proud of or things that you feel like, you know, that you would love to have added in the future? Is there any sort of teasers you can give there? Uh, not at the moment. We, we're discussing improvements on the app, but uh, I wish I could say more, but we need to see uh, what can be done and what can't. So gotcha. But all, always obviously like little improvements are also going to be happening all the time. This, that's just like the, there are like manpower issues, I guess. Yeah, no, trust me, I get it. Um, Yano has just, we have like the alpha of our tournament tracker thing that we're, we're working through now and it's, you know, kind of up and running and Yano did an amazing job on that, but it's, there's so many pieces involved. It always takes longer than I, I, I would have imagined and uh, is always more complicated. When you get in there, there's like weird variables. So I totally get how something like this can be, can be complicated. <laughs> I think yeah, what's really cool though the, is I see a lot of photos now, people sharing photos, like screenshots of unit lists. Oh yeah, that's great. And that's really quick, I guess, uh, like even faster than the export. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously with the export, you can edit the, the list right. that you were sent and so on. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be a way to have like a, a QRC, like a QR code or like a, a, the the list to have that, export string at the bottom so if you took a screenshot like other people could see it but who knows something for the future maybe <laughs> <laughs> definitely so yeah and there's been a bunch of releases people are really thrilled with the tully cavaliers i know when they were on 
uh, first like revealed, people were voiced all sorts of views on how powerful or not powerful people thought they were. But it sounds like now that they're out there on the table with the Stark Taxes cards, they seem to be performing rather well. And we've also got the 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 crossbowman, the stone builder thrower, the the Night's Watch builder stone thrower. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that people are really enjoying. So tip of the hat to you, sir. <laughs> Thanks. Um, what's your thought on the telecavaliers have? How have they been performing in your meta? Let's say? Uh, so I can only say I played one game against them and uh, I lost. And my free folk uh, raiders were mulched in by many, many units. <laughs> Great <laughs> axes and plus. But uh, the telecavaliers have seen reform really well. And although it didn't become a, a component in our game as much, I think emboldened is really, really key. And uh, I think, you know, some people might be sleeping on just like a, as a, as a basic ability. I know short range is really small, but it's, it just is a nice little buff. And especially in certain faction mixings where you already have berserkers and things like that, or uh, units that have decent morale, like it really makes it that much hardier. Uh, and and for and for dropping like the minimum number of units you're essentially going to be losing from a panic chest, like it's just so key. So um, they seem great. It combined with the you know the uh, what is it, sudden charge and things like that. I mean, they just seem to be able to get their work in. Yeah, and a short range, uh, if you consider like a movement trait, mm -hmm. is around a foot and a half Ooh. in diameter, right? So I'm not pretty sure that's small, right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That's actually really true. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they can move, they can get where they need to be. So it just seems like another solid like puzzle piece to drop in. Uh, I know Josh uh, really likes his like thematic Tully forces. So, you know, he's thrilled. <laughs> Definitely. That and the stone. Okay, now, now the Night's Watch Builder Stone Thrower, I have not fielded. I've just had people talking about with me. And some mixed responses there. I know Carl, uh, the peacekeeper, was just talking about how he did a test run of a game, and I think his opponent may have even brought a a, a list ready for it. You know, he was he was saying there's a few things he noticed. Uh, of one being that when you miss with it, boy, does that that feel bad when you you know you lose your turn activation with it without doing any significant damage. But it's a, it was a lot more challenging, I think he said, to, to kind of play around. But I'm wondering, will we see some, is there a way to build some sort of uh, Night's Watch gun list with a bunch of siege weapons and crossbowmen and, and a stone thrower? Or as the movement and the focus on, you know, serious combat, you know, melee units make those things not really work? Have you ever seen like, you know, have you, do you see people try a bunch of like gun lists in playtesting? Yeah, definitely. We see people trying them out, and I'd rather not spoil the fun. Oh, oh, <laughs> and I oh people... No, I want to see people trying them out, right? Like, okay. and definitely, you you can make some stuff work, and it re it's a really different play style, right? So, um, and it has some difficulties getting objectives. It it right. deals a lot of damage, right? But how much can that do for you? So. Uh, honestly, at least personally, when I do use siege weapons, mm -hmm. um, I, I I try to use a few of them, but I really want to uh, have enough spare points to make other things work. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if people are trying to do gun lines, I, if you are, please let me know. Share them with me. I did post something on the general Facebook group 
about that to that end because uh, people have been talking about it locally a little bit, but no one's really uh, investing in the resources to do like an all Night's Watch crossbowman list or or things like that. But I'd love to see if people are doing that, how how it's working out. So please share your experiences if you're listening, and uh, it's it'll be like the uh, the the Fabio Curry come on game developer challenge who can make a gun list that seems to be doing somewhat well. Yeah, I, I'd keep that challenge up. Yeah, I'd definitely <laughs> love to see. Maybe if we get a good one, I'll, I'll pass it over to you and be like, hey, here's what this person's doing that's working for them. What are your thoughts? And uh, you can give some feedback. Yeah, because uh, siege engines are pretty expensive. Right. But like now that Ulto's out as well, I think that makes it doable right? Uh, right i really enjoy him but other than that i mean i've been i was sick last week so we missed the podcast episode i haven't i didn't get i haven't played uh oh that's actually not true i was gonna say i haven't played a game of song of ice and fire in 10 days but i guess two days ago i did run two demos so maybe i just didn't get to play like competitively it's like trying to teach people games but the game's definitely growing i i actually uh I think I'm going to really start focusing on maybe trying to make some learn to play videos because uh, I was trying to run a, two demo games at once, like back and forth and participating as a kind of like a side. I had maybe what was it? I had four people, but one person was like really unsure and wanted to like kind of team play with me. And it was a it was a bit of a, a bit of a hustle. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I realized, you know, making sure that people can come in with like a, at least a decent primer if they have the time in advance to watch a few videos. Um, probably a pretty effective approach. And I know, you know, let's see, Ash from Gorilla Games has some, and I know they have a, a watch it play or a let's play from um, the guys from Board Game Geeks, whose name are escaping me now. But uh, mm. I don't know, when you have when you have people come in to play test, or I guess maybe play testers may already know the game a little bit. How did, when you, do you remember your first game of A Song of Ice and Fire? Um, yeah, I was actually invited to play test. Mm -hmm. And so... I played with the neutrals actually, mm -hmm. and I used their tactics deck. And it's not even the tactics deck that was released, right? Oh, but I thought the like game was really bad. fun. Yeah, yeah, it was very old. And but it, I did play with the final version of the tactics board, though. So I, I didn't get the early design phase testing. And then were you like, oh, that's it, it's Bolton's for me. I'm going to, or was it like, ah, Michael already kind of claimed that faction. I'll have to find my own, <laughs> my own thing. <laughs> I was actually just really interested in the mechanics and I fell in love with the tactics board. Yeah. And I guess that just really worked out. And I thought the game was very unique and different. And actually I had already bought the Kickstarter. Oh, nice. And... I was like, okay, let's see what, what game I bought, right? <laughs> and I said, like, oh, oh, if, they, if they don't work, I can use the minis for Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I just fell in love. And now I, I'm using Lord of the Rings minis to play Song of Ice Fire. Yeah. I know it's joking. <laughs> but I spent most of my time on the Ice Fire. Now, yeah, I had some people that were uh, interested in just getting the miniatures. I think they wanted, like, the conscripts. There might have been looking at some of the free folk. I think it was the free folk heroes box. They might have been looking at for like some D and D like barbarian characters. But my hope is like, yeah, sure, like go for it. pick up one of those boxes. Like, and 
and I'll show you how to play the actual game. And then you're getting like two, two, two for the price of one, right? You can get the miniatures to play this game, which is awesome. And then you can still use what you're going to use them for when you were uh, initially looking at them. I think maybe I was just thinking like everyone's been through that, I guess, with Song of Ice and Fire. I've seen other people buy the game just for the minis and are like, no, 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 wait, just a sec. Let's play one match and then you'll think about it before you paint your Lannisters blue, right? <laughs> and so uh, maybe you could do a demo video on how to do a demo game. Oh, now we're getting meta here. That's a, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't <laughs> know if I've figured that out really. And uh, we've had people on the past. I've done a lot of demo games and, um, you know, so I've tried to do a few different ways. I've tried doing it at like, Hey, uh, you're going to start at like this, the end of like what would have been like round two. I kind of like stage the battle and you pick up from there. I've done ones where they play the first turn, just moving units. And then as they get to the end of the turn, I tell them about NCUs and then they use the NCUs to finish off the round. And then I tell them about taxes cards. I've had them just start from the beginning and be like, Hey, listen, here are the three tiers. It really just depends so much on like what previous experience they've had. And so to be honest, mostly I've like, talk to the people about what their gaming experience was and then go great. And then we jump into the game and I kind of tailored it to that. And yesterday was the first time I was running multiple demos by myself at once. And I realized that suddenly where some people was like, one's like a veteran war gamer. And he's like, yeah, I get all this. Great. We had a card game player who was like super into Lannisters with their tactics cards. And he was like, you know, wheeling and dealing like right from the start. That was like his favorite part of the game. And then I had someone who had like never played any games before i was trying to like walk them through it and i was like oh man like this is challenging i probably could have approached this in a better way if i had shot them some resources in in advance mm. but i think they all had fun <laughs> and that's that and that's what counts also yeah, i just definitely. got over being sick and it was like the first day i was like somewhat better and i was like i'm better don't have time to play a game but i could teach some people the game and it actually took a long time but they had fun yeah, and there's a lot of talking involved, right? <laughs> right. And like sort of losing my voice after only getting, you know, only getting it back. So I don't know. Things are, I feel like, uh, you know, the game's picking up. I feel like kind of, and it, it, like we're in like this weird space where I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to the Baratheons, but we've talked a lot about them. I'm really looking forward to like 1.5, but it like seems so far away. You know, we've got all these cool units that just came out. It's like, you know, you get them all and then you're kind of looking till you like, ah, like what's that next thing? But I feel like so much of it is just coming, you know, down the line. It's like, oh, I got to just wait now, you know? Yeah, that's one of the hard things about uh, trying to, like, not spoil too much, right? Because if we say, like, something is coming and then people start talking and it creates this snowball effect, right? Right. And then we have to wait, (laughs) like you said. And there's just so much I want to talk about as well. And we, we sometimes just can't. Right, right. Well, yeah, and I think that's, I think there's something to be said then for not, uh, not having things spoiled too much, right? Because then it creates these kind of weird like timing windows. Yeah, and I guess at the same time, if if we don't um, make some hype, uh, people sometimes get a little bored. Like people like the internet drama. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, and I think you know. You guys have been pretty good about that. I think you and Michael also drop little things into the uh, the Facebook groups or Discord and like kind of tease out information. I think that's generally appreciated. I hope so. <laughs> no, I think so. I think it is. 
but you guys are all up in the future here playing with the fancy you're still you know months in advance of everybody uh playing with all the hidden toys so i'm excited i know people keep dropping that sort of december january like oh man you know that's going to be this crazy time where targaryens are going to be dropping and then maybe shortly thereafter these 1.5 changes uh that seems like it's going to be like a really 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 crazy time yeah uh, i guess like we live double lives <laughs> so i did have and then uh you know as we get sort of towards the end here i, I did want to ask some questions that were kicking around in the on the table discord brett lamfair the the gen con 2019 champion wanted to ask you about some questions about points and uh if you'd ever considered uh for example doubling the point values of units in the game uh, because there's some units that people in the community refer to as like 0.5 units, like, you know, the Bastards Girls being kind of like a 6.5 unit, or the Sworn Bros uh, for the Night's Watch being kind of well-suited for their point cost. And basically, when you compare it against other units of the same level, um, they might seem like a little bit better than other things on their same point level, but a little bit under from uh, the unit above them. Have you ever thought about doubling the point values in the game? Um, you mean like making it an 80-point game where a 7-point unit now would cost 14? Yeah. Like, nothing's impossible, but honestly, at the moment, I don't feel that's a necessary change. And I think that goes really back to what we said in the beginning of the episode, that the idea is never to complicate things, and um, in making that is really easier to balance it in points but it complicates the game as a whole mm -hmm. like you need to do more maths and just like broken numbers <clears throat> so i guess that we can address these things in other ways and lots of these like you said 0.5 units are probably getting addressed although i'm not dropping any names yeah I, you know i think that makes sense have you heard that kind of ex that uh sentiment expressed before like these sort of certain units that maybe seem powerful at their level yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and we we use this like 0.5 expression sometimes, but really, um, it's it hardly ever is a very big issue. And eventually, we figure out if it's 0.5 up or down, right? <laughs> After right. like playtesting right. and intensively playing these units. And it also matters like what you know other units you're taking on the battlefield. Like this is such a good unit with this. You know, you can put a, an attachment in it and it maybe is a force multiplier that, um, you know, unlocks more potential. Yeah, definitely. And also like units that are easier to synergize as a whole, you know, have obviously different price points than units that are very hard to synergize with the rest of your faction. This does impact the, the points cost. But this is very subjective, so it's really hard to pick up. That makes sense. And then, uh, you know, you probably can't answer this, but Carl Black asked, wanted me to ask you, can we get a month on when the Targaryens will be out? He's super excited for Targaryens. Any sort of, any words of wisdom or hype you might be like, hey, Carl, hang on, don't worry. Like, it's worth the wait. <laughs> what, what does he need to know about Targaryens here? Um... <clears throat> Yeah, so, hey, Carl, hang on. It's <laughs> worth the wait. <laughs> uh, now, 
Yeah, man, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really interested to see what happens when Targaryens drop out in regards to like the contesting objective rules that have been being bandied about. Because that really is a big game changer. And I'm wondering if we're going to see any novice Targaryen players jumping in and realizing it's not as easy to hold an objective with cavalry as you might be thinking. But I'm sure you guys have all, you've been through the thick of that already. (laughs) Yeah, like uh, balance wise, I, I don't think it's a problem. But the Targaryens, let's say that they don't really care about objectives. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. And uh, it's been really interesting getting the documents dropped for the uh, the updated scenarios and, and the sort of play test changes that have been coming through the community. Is that something you guys feel like you're going to continue to do is like put out stuff that is what you guys are maybe calling like your, your beta versions and then getting community feedback? I'd say that that's something that we found was pretty cool. And we had a lot of positive feedback um, in a sense that people were really engaged and we were very surprised and and it was fun. Uh, But I think the intent of those were just to show people like the path that we were uh, going, like which direction we were going Mm -hmm. and to see if that was positive um, more than like the balance itself. Right. That makes sense. We we heard a lot of people like excited and that was very good like to see that um people liked our ideas and we're not alone. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love the changes and I think the game modes are are just such great steps in the right direction. Uh so I'm really excited to see what other future stuff comes out. So the these sort of competitive modes they get the most play, but there are some people still out there that are making fan thematic scenarios that are just like story-based scenarios, kind of like your Battle of Whispering Woods scenario. Do you know if down the line, are there any plans come on games to release some more of those like scenario-based scenarios or more thematic-based scenarios? Yeah, we do have a plan and those are coming. All right, ooh, all right. Sometime this winter, so we could say like, winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep them at they are coming. Okay, and then our, our final hard-hitting question. You're invited to a party that's a costume party of some sort. What Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire character do you go dressed as? Davos. Ah, Davos. Davos. Okay. Ah, interesting. <laughs> All right. That's probably not a spoiler, but I'm assuming down the line he would be the sort of character that would show up in a Heroes pack, right? I think he may have actually, we may have seen a sculpt of him at Gen Con. Yeah. That, that's, a good, that's a good answer. I approve of that answer. As someone who has on discord my avatar as davos so (laughs) and uh yeah well you know thank you so much for coming on i think uh uh, you know maybe hopefully if you're out there you know start inviting uh fabio to some halloween costume parties i want to see some uh some davos pictures here or if you're actually playing the game uh, when it comes to halloween if you do some sort of game of thrones costume stuff we'd love to see those in the in the on the facebook page so start start planning your costumes down the line listeners and uh, Fabio, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to come over and 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 just, you know, talk. And uh, you've been making the cycles on a lot of other mediums. You were just recently on Mike Meeple's Painting Poorly, uh, you know, YouTube channel. And it was really cool to see you guys, like, hanging out and painting miniatures. How What was that like? Yeah, that was really cool. I had no idea uh, what to expect. He said, like, yeah, let's just paint on the camera, right? And and I was like, okay, that might be odd, right? And it was really cool 
because uh, Mike's just this amazing guy and he's really funny and he knows how to pull conversation, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, like there was this time that we were like probably quiet for like five or 10 minutes and it was just <laughs> recording, right? Too, too busy painting. And I actually, I'm gonna meet up with Carl Kirsten. Yeah, the peacekeeper. Exactly. <laughs> and we're, we're gonna have a chat as well, so. That's awesome. Uh, he has some great ideas. He's a very creative guy. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And he's been, he's been you know, with A Song of Ice and Fire for a long time. I think his arcs were getting kickstarted for people to play with before the Kickstarter was even out. So, or before the Kickstarter for A Song of Ice and Fire even finished. So he's been a dedicated supporter, running a lot of games for a long, long time. Yeah, and that's going to be really cool as well. So I hope people are still excited to like, hear from me i guess <laughs> no are you kidding me you can't get enough fabio and uh you know i will i will certainly be hitting you up as uh as we go forward and we start to hear more about these 1.5 release tidbits and uh i'm just really looking forward to where the game's moving and i'm really looking forward for my skin changer attachments for my uh my free folk down the line so so many good stuff then coming out skin changers i can't wait <laughs> So it's going to be a good, yeah, good end of the year. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope you have, um, you get to play a lot, right? So thank you for coming on. And, and, and until I talk to you next time, hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>